Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Welcome everybody to day 69 of our 90 day challenge. Today's topic is restore your brother. We are in the book of Galatians. Galatians 5 and 1 reads in this way. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased? I would they were even cut off which trouble you. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, 
let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Galatians 6 and 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. And that ends our reading for today. The topic again is restore your brother or restore your sister. My grandparents started their church 30 years ago. When they launched, they were committed to radical evangelism. Every Saturday, they canvassed the streets of North New Jersey to spread the good news of Jesus. One Saturday, they met a woman named Denise, begging for food outside of a local McDonald's. When they approached her, she was searching for food out of the garbage can. My grandparents not only bought her food that day, they also introduced her to Christ, helped her to find a job, taught her the word of God, and eventually moved her into their home. Denise was our family member for over 10 years. Every holiday, she sat at the table with us. She had a job at my mom's daycare, and over time, she learned how to budget. But some days, Denise would disappear, and whenever we went looking for her, Denise was right back at McDonald's, searching for food in the garbage can. Like Denise, all of us have some Egypt that we don't want to let go of. All of us have a familiar thing that imprisons us but intoxicates us at the same time. It's called a weakness. We all have them and we all know what it's like to be Denise. Why? Because it is possible to remove people out of Egypt, but that doesn't mean Egypt is out of them. Galatians 5 admonishes us to stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made us free. One of the most difficult things to accept as human beings is that we're free already. Jesus has finished the work on the cross and our salvation, our security, and our sanctification has been purchased with his blood. We are not waiting for freedom. Freedom is already here. We are not waiting for our bail to be paid. Deliverance is already here. Transformation is already here. And we are already free. But do we know it? I believe the worst prison is the one we lock ourselves into. The worst pain is the one we inflict on ourselves. But Jesus came to free us from the prison of falsehood. Jesus came to protect us from the masquerade of pretense. Jesus came to liberate us from the temptation to waste time pretending to be someone else. And his freedom keeps us away from the catastrophe of a ruined life and a damaged reputation. Jesus gives us the freedom to move forward. John 8.32 harmonizes so perfectly with Galatians 5 and 1. It says, then you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. This is what I know about the call to worship in spirit and truth. When we are not people of truth, our energy disappears, our character decays, and our integrity depreciates. We imprison ourselves in the bondage of deception and we are only freed when we walk in truth. Let me put it this way. Being someone else is too much work. God can only anoint the real you. God can only exalt the real you. When we choose to live in truth, walk in truth, and love in truth, we will be able to make an invaluable impact on the church in particular and the world in general. So free yourself. Free yourself from the prison of deception. It may be difficult at first, 
But as soon as you tell the truth, you will feel the weight lifted from your shoulders. You will feel the power of Jesus invade your heart in a way that confirms his word, his will, and his way. If we're going to tell the truth to the world, quote unquote, we must first learn to be truthful with ourselves. You'd be surprised by how many people are the last to find out how broken they are, how prideful they are, how addicted they are, how disconnected they are, because we all struggle with looking at the person in the mirror and telling ourselves the truth. But Jesus is our perfect example of how to be honest. Remember Gethsemane? Prior to admitting the truth to others, Jesus had to come to terms with it himself. 24 hours away from crucifixion, it was a time of pressure. It was a time of prayer. By telling the truth, Jesus was able to bring his whole self into the presence of God. This teaches me that God can't adjust what we refuse to acknowledge. God can't change what we refuse to admit. This is why today you must tell the truth to yourself about yourself and whatever that truth is, no matter how embarrassing, tell it and be free. Not only must we be truthful with ourselves, we must also be truthful with God and others. We see this demonstrated most clearly when Jesus confesses to his heavenly father these words, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. This proves to us that God can handle the authentic, uninhibited you. God can handle your frustrations. God can handle your discouragement and brokenness. When are you going to trust him and tell the truth? Finally, Jesus tells the truth to others. He asks Peter, couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? In other words, Jesus is displeased with how the disciples handled that moment. He is clearly disappointed and he vocalizes that truth. This portrait of truth is a helpful reminder to us. When we are not truthful about what pains us, we end up reacting and responding inappropriate later. Regardless of the pain, we must learn to tell the truth to God and to others. You know, I wish Denise were still alive to hear these words. I wish Denise had known that her chapter five in Galatians prepared her for her chapter six. One chapter later in Galatians 6, we are given lessons on the importance of restoring our brother and sister in Christ. Scripture says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. I never really saw this until now, but the only way we can restore our brother or sister without judgment in Galatians 6 is if we stand fast in the liberty of our Galatians 5. Someone's shelter is connected to your freedom. When you finally get free, do your best to stay free. When you finally understand that Jesus has already done the hard work, you will be able to help others realize the same, that God is a God of freedom, that God is a God of restoration, that God is a God of accountability, that God is a God of overcoming. You, my friend, are more than a conqueror. So worship today because God freed you to help free others. Worship him because he saved your life to help restore someone else's. Don't get a big head. Don't forget to remember God has been too good for you to get amnesia. Jesus didn't come to drown people in the pool of sin. He came to save people from their sin. So restore your brother. Restore your sister. Don't gossip, restore, don't judge, 
restore. And the God who sees what you do for others will make sure it is done for you. So your worship work today is to restore your brother or sister. Think about someone who needs restoration. Don't ignore their pain. Don't talk about their grief. Cover them because that is what Christ did for you. Quick. 